Hey everybody, Matt Johnson here, the creator and director of New Frequency, welcoming you to another episode of our podcast. This one is a really great noir for you called Deadline, and joining me to introduce it is the star of the piece. Here he is, Todd Sherry. Yes, or as I like to call it, a Toddcast. Yes, this is a Toddcast. Thank you so much for coming back and being on the show once again and introducing some pieces with me. My pleasure. Go and listen to some of the pieces Todd introduced with me earlier this year. These are really great, but this is such a fun one, right? This is, you know, really great noir. Um, I think one of the things that kind of appealed to me when I created New Frequency was wanting to do sort of these great throwbacks to the genres of old. And noir, detective, I mean, they sort of, they sort of warm the cockles of my writer heart. (laughs) And so this one was a really fun one to produce. And I think we did a really, really great job with it. So thank you so much for being a part of it and starring in it as always. Oh, my pleasure. So let's talk a little bit about this, this character you play. You play the character of Fred Neff, the lead in this. Uh, The background of this story, which all the listeners will hear, is that Fred is a down on his luck newspaper reporter who has a drinking problem and is out there searching for his next headline to kind of get back in the game um talk a little and he's a dark guy you know a lot of twists and turns in this piece so talk a little bit about your approach as an actor whenever you you know hit upon a character like this really a you know a dark sort of soul how do you sort of you know find your way through these characters to to find a real person there well one thing that for me that i always do as an actor is i think you have to bring yourself to it Mm -hmm. and your you know, we've all had pain, we've all had loss, we've all had right. uh, rejection, we've all had these things. And if you can just uh, uh, be in touch with those things and bring them to this person, they become more human. Yeah. So you bring your own to it. And then I also have to say this particular piece, it reminded me of one of my favorite movies was Double Indemnity. Oh, of course. <laughs> where Fred McMurray, mm-hmm. you know, who's my three sons and everybody's, you know, favorite dad. Yeah. Here's Fred McMurray who starts out down on his luck or you know at the start of the movie right we're seeing the end Mm -hmm. and then it goes back into a sort of a flashback telling the entire story of how he got wrapped up in something (laughs) right because things weren't going well you know and also um sunset boulevard Mm. where we start with you know the character's dead in the pool pool. and he narrates the movie sure and we go back and see his story of you know down on his luck and what happens and yeah you know, getting help from somebody. So I just feel like, you know, you bring uh, you bring these characters to life. You have to bring something from your own life yourself right. to it and make them uh, real and flawed. And uh, almost you, you want people to want to um, care about them, sure. even though they may be doing horrible things. Right. And I think you accomplished that in this because even in listening back to it, prepping for our introduction here, you know, I, I sort of started to root for Fred Neff, even though he was pretty much a despicable guy, a drunk who was out there trying to do anything he could to move his way up into the newspaper world. But I sort of started to root for his journey. I think that's because you did find a lot of your own sort of humanity in, 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 that, in that sort of character. No, that's okay. We're banging stuff around in here. We don't mind. <laughs> you also wrote a great. Uh, it, it starts at a great place where he's he's met someone. He wants to mm-hmm. he wants to make his life better. He wants right. to get back on track. And you know everybody can identify with that. We've all gone yeah. down the tubes at times. <laughs> right. And then you know we just no. I'm going to do it. I'm going to stop eating donuts. And I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to you know whatever it is. Right. You know. And it, we should also just give like a little bit of a shout out to some of the cast in this one too because James Napoli is just perfect as a noir narrator. Really beautiful. Yeah you know guiding through the piece Jeff Hoheimer is the sort of tough uh, the sort of tough uh, newspaper uh, 
uh, editor is really great in this piece. But also, I think this was actually one of the very first piece shows that our music uh, supervisor and composer, uh, Rob Eisenberg, joined. And wow, he did a killer job with that yeah. kind of great noir music. Talk about Sunset Boulevard, you yep. know, style music. He really sets the tone yeah. like right off he the bat. He has a feel for that thing. That, yeah, yeah, he does. He really does. This was also fun for me too because I grew up like watching all those great kind of uh, all those great '70s movies with Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford about like the newspaper business. Mm-hmm. And I love setting yeah. this piece in the editorial newspaper world and the old typewriters and everything. It's just you know, audio wise, it has such a rich palette to work with. It does, and it also is something that's really gone now yeah, absolutely I mean, it's pretty much gone yeah There's absolutely very few papers really mm-hmm. yeah the, the old-fashioned and... newsroom of you know men and women sitting around crowded you know smoke-filled desk you yeah. know writing a right you know writing stories in real journalism yeah that's sort of a, a dying art form you know you only see it in in, in movies and maybe in you know hear it in some pieces right. like this yeah there's no reporter getting a scoop anymore it's, <laughs> no. it's been on the internet for days by the time <laughs> Yeah, instantaneous, right? (laughs) Well, thanks so much for joining me for this. I say we let everybody give a listen to it. Todd, you're awesome as always. Thank you. So everybody enjoy this one at home. We're going to throw it out to our new frequency stage. Great noir for you called Deadline. New frequency, a theater of the mind on the air. On the air. In three. It's coming. Pretty clever. In two. Overcome by a dreadful, dreadful, dreadful curiosity. In one. New frequency. It's like nothing I have ever experienced. We invite you to meet Mr. Fred Neff, a once promising and popular newspaper man who has now hit rock bottom. But he will do anything he can to get a new story, a big scoop, something that will land him back in the game. In Deadline. He stands and listens to the din of chattering typewriters, voices screaming into telephones and the thunder of the presses above. He listens to the frantic uproar of the humanity and machinery that constitutes a busy newspaper office. The sound is music to his ears, and the smell of ink and sweat and stale cigarette smoke is like perfume. This is his sanctuary, a holy place where a man armed with nothing more than a beat, good walking shoes, a notepad, and some eloquent words can become a god. This is his place. Or it once was. Has it really been so long since Fred Neff's been gone? Now he stands with hat in hand and head bowed. He inhales that perfume and listens to that music as he stands before the desk of Paul Mason, managing editor of The Globe. And he crawls. (laughs) Fred Neff crawls. Just give me one more chance, Phil. All I need is a break. I've reformed, I swear it. Wasn't I the best damn reporter you ever had? Didn't I bring in that City Hall story? Didn't I bust the Miller mob? Didn't I? A lot of gins passed over the bar since then, Neff. What are you saying? I'm saying you're a drunk, Neff. Look at you. You're sloppy, unshaven, standing there with your last $100 suit hanging off you like an old burlap sack. That's not nice, Phil. Listen, boyo. There isn't a paper in town that'll touch you. Why should I give you a break? You just take your first week's pay and get yourself tanked and end up in a... Yeah, drunk. I'm not like that anymore, Phil. I quit drinking. Yeah. I haven't touched a drop for a week. I told you I've reformed. A week. All I want is a chance. A chance to get on my feet again. 
I've tried every paper in town, and you're right, they won't touch me. So here I am, pride swallowed, asking for another chance, please. Let me hit the street again, find you a scoop, get back to the man I was before. That's a nice pitch, Neff. What's the sudden change, huh? Meet a dame? Neff stiffens at just the thought of the mysterious and desirable Connie. How... How did you know, Phil? <laughs> what else could it be? I... I just met her a week ago. It had been a rough day and I stopped into O'Malley's to have a Neff's mind cast itself that. back to when he first met Connie. It was at the bar when she slipped coyly onto the stool beside him. Hi, handsome. Mind if I join you? What? Huh? You talking to me? I don't see anybody else around. What? You don't want to talk to little old me? I'll do anything you want, doll. Anything? <laughs> okay. Two things. Yeah. First, a light. Second. Yeah. Let's get out of this joint. I got a car outside. Where to? I know a little place outside of town. Perfect for two. What are we waiting for? Oh, blonde, beautiful Connie. Neff thinks of that wonderful night with her and how he rediscovered his reason for living. He thinks of that long drive out of the city, the road stretching into darkness, and the excitement that rippled through his body made his heart beat fast and his blood run hot as she swung the car into the parking lot of the motel. Let's not ask any questions about each other, Fred. No last names, no phone numbers. Let's just enjoy tonight. As if there were no yesterdays and no tomorrows. I understand, Connie. I do understand. He thinks of that luscious night with Connie in the morning after, waking, finding the motel empty, and the note. Fred, darling, meet me next Tuesday. Same place, same time. I love you, Connie. So that's how it has to be. The rules have been laid and the game has begun. One week till Connie. One week to gain respectability again. Well, it's true, Phil. I did meet a girl. I'm in love with her. I need a job, Phil. I need dough. I'm gonna see her again, and I'm... I'm broke. I want to get her some clothes, and nice I skip... come on. You know. Please get control of yourself. This is embarrassing. Now, I've got another interview lined up with a real writer. Top-notch prospect. Real up-and-comer. Ice water. Oh, come on, Phil. I was there once. I know. That's how it always starts. But after the first scoop, he'll head towards the bottle like everybody else, including you. This conversation's over. No! What did you just say to me? I said no. I need this, Phil. I need it for my life. If, if you won't hire me back, then how about at least a trial? Come on. I'll go out and I'll show you that I'm still a good reporter. And then you can put me on the payroll. I'll come in with a scoop, a front page headline. Fair enough? All right, Neff. All right, fair enough. Oh, thanks, Mr. Mason. But thanks listen, Neff, nothing doing, all right? No bottle, no dame. Nothing. Till you produce. Now, Scram, I'm busy. Sure, Phil. Sure. Well, well, well. Carol, if I'm seeing correctly, I believe it's... Fred Neff, one-time reporter. We're now leading candidate for Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> Cut the wisecracks, McMurray. I've quit okay. drinking, and I'm coming back to work. Uh -huh. You coming back here, don't make me laugh. Phil's giving me another chance. If I come in with a smash, he'll put me on. Oh, the only spread you'll get is how a guy slides from the top to the bottom of a bottle. <laughs> Step aside, everyone. Let me pass. I'm in a hurry. Oh, oh right, right away, Mr. Hangover. Oh, oh I, I mean, Neff. 
Oh, before you go, got something for you right here at my desk. How about a drink? Come on, Neff. Go ahead and take it. I can see your mouth watering. Oh, I know you Why, want Why, you low-life scum! Get your hands off! Let go! Knock it off! If you ever talk to me like that again, I swear to God, I'll kill you. And that goes for the rest of you. I'll kill any SOB that messes with me. I'm back, I tell you, I'm back! Now keep your stupid bottle. Neff slams the door to the city room and stands in the silence of the hallway. His hands shake, he grits his teeth. He did want that bottle. Oh, how he wanted it. No, no, I can do it. I can do it. And then suddenly, he thought of Connie. Beautiful, beautiful Connie. He straightens up and swings down the hall and into the city streets. Yeah, I can do it. The morning sun is warm upon Fred Neff's face. The traffic noises sing around him as he begins to walk. This is his chance. Today, for tomorrow is Tuesday. Tomorrow night he'll see Connie again. He's got to do it. He's got to do it. Today. But by noon, Neff is starting to get worried. No leads, no stories, no scoops. But then, as if an answer from above, he spots a few officers down an alley. This is it. This is his chance. Go! Please, please let it be something. He begs, he pleads for a crime, a murder, something despicable in order to make himself more respectable. Fred Neff, the Globe. What happened? Armed robbery. Poor guy didn't see what hit him. Is he all right? Any suspects? Hey, Mac, you're too late. This is my story. What? I said you're a day late and a dollar short. This is my story. Vivian Grieg, the Chronicle. Hey, wait. Don't I know you? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I do. You're Fred Neff. Worked with you at the Globe. Fine reporter, but holy jeez, what happened to you? You look like crap. You live in this alley or something? I'll have you know I'm here working on a story. Yeah? Well, not this story, you ain't. Beat it. I got here first. Got the scoop all written out. Just gotta get the pick. But I... I... Look, Neff, you know the biz as well as I do. First come, first serve. Now hit it. No, You're in the I, way I, of my shot, I won't Neff. lose this. No, you've already lost it. Now come on, move. Don't touch. Out of the way, will you, you stupid drunk? Officer, a little help here, please. Move it, pal. I'll get your hands off. I said move along. <sighs> it's late afternoon now, and panic has taken hold of Neff. He's walked the pavement all day and hasn't come across anything, not one lead. He thinks that maybe everything everyone said about him is true. Maybe he is a drunk, a has-been, a hopeless loser bound to a wicked fate. But no, there was Connie. Lovely Connie, perfect Connie. She wrote on that note. Fred, darling, meet me Tuesday. I love you, Connie. Oh, God. Connie. Tuesday. It's coming so quick. I... I need a drink. I gotta find a drink. I need a bottle. Just a sip. Anything. No. No. No, that's not the answer. Just keep walking. You'll find something. You'll get the story. Just keep walking. Searching. Looking. Hey, a cup of coffee. That's what I need. It's early evening as Fred Neff decides to swing into the all-night diner. Exhausted and thirsty, he slides onto a stool. That's funny. No one behind the counter. No customers either. It's like a ghost town. Hello? Anybody there? A little help, please? Neff is just about to leave when he hears angry voices behind a door on the back of the counter. He listens as a man and woman argue. You are my wife, and I say you are not going anywhere. Not tonight. Tonight you can stay here with me. Forget about the other guys. Do you hear me? 
Don't you walk away from me! Then suddenly he hears the quick movements, the furniture overturn, a crash, the violence. You are not going anywhere anymore! Hey! Hey! What's, what's going on? Open up in there! What the hell is going on? I killed her. She, she deserved it. Neff peers into the dingy back office at an upturned table, smashed lamps, a woman lying silent face down in the rubble, and then a thought. <laughs> a wicked, marvelous, joyous thought. My, my story. What? Uh, feel like talking, mister? No. No. Come on. Tell me. Tell me why you did it. Get it off your chest. She, she was no good. She, she was nothing. She was a tramp. Yeah, that's right. I knew she was no good when I married her, but I, I, I thought, I thought I could change her. Good. Keep going. I, I worked like a dog for her. I, I, I tried to give her everything, but it wasn't enough. It was never enough. And she came to work here two years ago. Yeah. You know, she used to flirt with every, every crumb that came in. She just went out with them, dancing and drinking. She was just bad. But I, I fell in love with her and, and we got married. Yeah, go on, go on. But it didn't stop. I was her meal ticket. I was, I was her bankroll. She started going out every night and coming home with, with gifts. And I couldn't stand it. I tell you, I, I couldn't stand it any longer. So tonight, I, I... It's okay. It's okay, sir. Okay, you rest now. It's done, it's done. We, uh, need to call the police. Is there a phone? Uh, yeah, in, in, in the office. Fine, fine, you relax. Go wash your face, I'll make the call. Oh, thank you, I, I, I'm so sorry. Sure. Now Fred Neff has his story right from the murderer's mouth. Oh, and it's front page material. It means a job. Now alone, he steps into the shabby office and over the lifeless body to get to the phone. Poor Dane. Hello? City desk. Give me Phil Mason. Mason! It's Fred Neff. I got my scoop. A murder. Jealous husband, cheating wife that works. A real exclusive. So get the presses ready. I'll take a pic and head over to write up the copy. Of course I have my camera. What kind of reporter do you think I am? <laughs> it's just like old times, Phil. Just like old times. I'll see you soon. <laughs> you did it, old boy. You really did it. Son of a gun, it's your lucky day. <laughs> oh my God. She's, she's not, she's not dead. Oh, but my, my story. It's going out the window. She's not dead. He didn't kill her. Oh, no, dear God in heaven, he didn't kill her. That's right. He didn't kill her. And that leaves only one choice in Fred Neff's mind. One choice, one decision, one moment of anger and secrecy. Then he'll be a man again, back on top. I will not let you ruin this for me. Neff approaches the woman, still face down in the rubble cautiously. He doesn't want to disturb the crime scene from before. It must look the same. His hands extend around her neck from behind, hiding her face from sight, hiding her pain, the horror, the distortion on that face, the redness of the skin, and then... Squeeze, Fred Neff squeezes tighter, tighter. No, no, no! You are not gonna ruin everything for me. Not now. Die, die, die! 
die. Hello? Operator, get me the police. I'd like to report a murder. Well, it's all done yeah. now, Neff thinks. Everything is yeah, taken care of. Everything is in order, the way it was meant to be. He will Just finally that. get what he deserves. Sure, an yeah, innocent woman had to die, but she was almost dead anyway. Neff was just saving her from her own miserable but, life. Yes, that's right. It had to be done. It had to be done. Yeah, he's still here now. Confess the whole thing. Thank you. And hurry. Mister. Are they coming? Jeez, oh, I didn't see you standing there, buddy. Say, how long you been there? Not long. Are they coming? Yes, sir, they are. I'm, I'm so sorry. I know, I know. Why don't we wait outside? Uh, no, I, I, I want to say goodbye to her one more time. I, I, I just want to look in her eyes and, and say goodbye. I don't really think we should. And then F has a thought. All that's left now for the scoop is the prize picture, and what better a pick for the front page than a victim and her murderer in each other's arms? Oh, that's good. That's a gem, Neff thinks. He'll win awards for this. Uh, sure. I guess that'd be okay. Just be careful. I will. I'll be, I'll be so gentle with her. Yes, a good reporter always does have his camera, and Fred gets ready for this moment because he'll remember it his whole life. Time to say cheese, baby. Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. I, I'm so sorry. Just let me turn you over and look at you just one more time. Like, like so. Sirens can be heard in the distance, but this believe. doesn't stop Neff from singing like no. a canary. No, I killed her! I killed her! I killed Connie! Oh my god, I killed her! I killed her! I need a drink! Anyone? A drink, please! Oh, for God's sake, a drink! A drink! A drink! A drink! Fred Neff needs a drink. In fact, he needs 10, 12, 100 drinks. But no matter how much he has, it'll never erase Connie's bulging eyes from his mind. He'll always see her, even into insensibility, even unto his murderous end. There, it's done. What do you think, Mr. Mason? All right, it's a smash, kid, a real sensation. Put in three-inch headlines. You're going to be a star. Uh, ha, I knew it was the right thing hiring you today. Knew it was the right decision. What a lucky break, you being in that diner right when Neff was confessing. Well, I had a feeling about that guy ever since he exploded into the office this morning, uh -huh. so after you put me on payroll, I trailed him. The rest uh -huh. was just luck, I guess. Ah, uh, no luck, my friend. Talent. You got a gift. Nah. Yeah. Come on. Let the presses do the work now. We'll celebrate. Drinks on me. Oh, no, I don't think... I, I don't drink, sir. Nonsense. You're a smash. Now you do. Ah, what the hell. One drink won't hurt, right? <laughs> <laughs> Signing off in three, two, one.